preach a message today entitled When uh, Revival Came to Maximum Security Prison. Hey man, the day Maximum Security Prison experienced revival. Look with me if you will. Find our place. Acts 16. Let's begin reading in verse number 24. Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, that maximum security part, and made their feet fast in the stocks, chained their feet and chained their hands. They'd already been beat half to death. Yeah, you're right. Back bloody. And now their feet was spread apart as wide as they could. And their arms were spread apart as wide as they could. Locked up in the innermost part of the prison. Yeah. Verse number 25, and at midnight, <laughs> Paul and Silas prayed. Yeah. Saint praises. <laughs> They prayed, they praised, and they preached. Smack dab in prison. Woo! Great God, we can't do it on Patty Pew. Somebody help. Amen. And unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Don't you know they did? And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. This wasn't just any earthquake. It left the building standing so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the, look at that, the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed and the keepers of the prison. Has anybody ever seen an earthquake that would shake the foundation and then drop off the chains, open the doors and leave the building standing? Boy, I'm telling you, God knows how to do it, don't he? And immediately, the Bible said, every one of them's bands were loose. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep. He wasn't too good of a night watchman neither, Brother Tony. Amen. And seeing the prison doors open, drew out his soul and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But somebody in the prison who'd been beat, shackled, thrown in the innermost dungeon, (laughs) sang and praised and then preached the truth to him. What I'm saying is, somebody there thought more of him than he thought of himself. Good gracious of more. Hey, verse 28 Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. And he called for a light. Boy, I like that. When you're in darkness, you'll call for the light too. And sprang in (laughs) and came trembling. Boy, conviction doesn't got it. And fell down. All repentance is working before Paul and Silas and brought them out (laughs) and said, sirs, Talking with respect now. Sirs, what must I do? Name it. Tell me what to do. How do it to be saved. 
And they said, look at that. Paul and Silas preached the same message. I don't know what they, they preached the same message. Word for word. Don't miss that little word. I missed it for years. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God's already brought everything else. Conviction, faith, repentance. Brother Tony, he's got everything deposited in your heart. Your knees is buckled. Amen. Your voice is lifted. Your heart's trembling. Ain't one thing left to do now. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And good news, it ain't gonna stop with you in thy house. <laughs> Woo! I say Amen. Boy, it'll be a good day when God gives you that verse. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same eye of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his house straightway. Can I say thanks be unto God? It was so real. They, they was just like the eunuch. They said we ain't waiting. What prevents us from being baptized? Hallelujah, right now tonight. Fill up the pool. It's ready to get dunked. God has already done the work. Hey, I have been saved. And they all got saved. The prison, the revival left the prison and went to the jailer's house. Did y'all see that? It's evident that he got saved because the same man that beat him is now washing their sores and feeding them food. Ain't it good to know that God's still saving sinners just like that? Let's pray. Father, we love you today and thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for letting me touch on a few things that we may not be back, Lord, while we was reading the text. Help us, Lord, to preach what you'd have us to preach. God, we realize today that without your touch, anointing, and fresh unction of all, how the Holy Ghost shall be no preaching that'll accomplish eternal things that'll go on. But God, if you'll just take over and continue to move and have your way, we will continue to praise you and continue to thank you. We offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. If it hadn't been for Calvary, Lord, this would have never happened to the jailer. It'd have never happened to the prisoners. It'd have never happened to the preachers and it never happened to the people that's present today and thank God for Calvary thank you Lord Jesus for showing up in the prison maximum security and showing up in the place where you saved everybody that's in this room and Lord for even showing up today we thank you for just being God have your way lift burdens help souls encourage hearts and through this text let us see what we need today for to keep going Going on for the glory of God with the joy bells ringing in our soul. In Jesus' name, we thank you and pray. Amen. You can be seated. Let me just say by way of introduction today that things are not always like they seem. If you'd have went by the prison cell where these guys was, you'd have said guilty, but it wasn't guilty. That's free. You'd have said the end of story, but it was just the beginning. Hey, <laughs> thank God you'd have said griefed, but down yonder they begin to hear the shouts of glory. If we think about this text, 
in light of every one of us being saved. I believe there's some help for us. The day that revival came to maximum security prison, I want to deal with just one aspect of this story. Most of us have heard preaching on this text. I sure am grateful. Help me to deal with a few things while we was reading it. But for the most part, we're gonna look into something else about this story this morning. I want you to just think with me so our mind gets in gear. Every one of us go through night seasons in our life. Every one of us have night times in our life when we need watchmen on the wall praying for us. Every single one of us have those times. In the Bible, there's at least four things that happen at midnight. Y'all remember one of the first things that happened at midnight was Exodus chapter number 12. There was people who were told to get a lamb and then told to get the lamb and then told to get your lamb and then told to eat all the lamb. And at midnight, they were delivered. I sure am glad God set the precedent in Exodus 12 that good things are gonna happen at midnight, amen. Then you'll remember in the book of Ruth that she is needing this Moabitess who didn't deserve mercy but longed for mercy, needed the skirt of grace or the tablecloth of grace wrapped over her. And at midnight, thank God the husbandman said, my grace, hey, will cover your genealogy. My grace will cover your guilt. My grace will prevail. Woo! You'll dare consider it paid. Consider now you're a part of the family. By marriage, you're gonna get brought in. I say hallelujah. Good things happen in the Bible at midnight. Then for God's sake, let us not forget about Matthew chapter number 25. You say, preacher, that's the bad part. Oh, but there's a good part. You see, these five virgins, thank God they've got oil in their lamps. And when everybody else is gonna be shown that they fake, these five of them gonna get to go in. And the only thing, they just as clean as the rest of that crowd. They look like the rest of the crowd and they guilty just like the rest of that crowd but there's one thing that separates them from that other crowd that's a little oil in their vessel with her lamp ain't you glad one day the bridegroom's coming and we gonna go in not because hey thank God we got everything right but just because we got a little oil in the lamp Good things happen at midnight. Woo! Now in our text, in Acts 16, good things, it's gonna happen at midnight. Hey, the guilty, hey man, are gonna find out how to get free. Oh yes, let me just say, by, just so everybody here knows, they, they were convicts that got converted, but there was a guard that had to become a convict before he could get converted. You know what conviction is? Conviction. <laughs> One day I became a convict under deep conviction and I got converted. That's how you gonna get it. If you get it, amen. Is everybody with me? In this text today, when we get to Acts 16, you gotta know the story. Paul and Silas, 
is looking for places to share the gospel. Finally goes to sleep. God stirs him up in the watch hour and gives him, Lord, God's good, ain't he? And stirs him up in the watch hour, gives him a vision. It says, hey, there's a man over in Macedonia. That's over in Europe. And they want us to come share the gospel. And the first thing that happens when they cross the river and cross the sea and get into Macedonia and they get over in Europe, you know the first thing they find? A good woman that's going to a place of prayer. There's a lot of good people that's gotta get saved too, friend. You might not feel like you're a sinner. You might feel like you ain't as bad as somebody else. And it's something that we start out chapter 16 with a good girl getting saved and her whole house getting saved. And then in the end, there's a dirty, rotten, hardened jailer. Hey, great God, and his house gets saved. I reckon God's just saying, it don't matter what side the tracks you are. It don't matter if you're a church goer or ain't a church goer. Thanks be to God, you can get saved in your house. The whole lot of them. I say hallelujah. Woo! Gets born again. First, first soul saved in Europe was a woman. Boy, ain't God good. Woo! And her whole household got saved. Boy, ain't God good. Go down there, brother Jeremy. And there's the old woman. You know, when God gets to stirring, the devil likes to stir. And the devil gets a little woman that has the spirit of divination. What that means is the spirit of the devil. <laughs> Amen. And she can divine or read palms or read the little globe or read your wrinkles. Everybody okay? <laughs> and uh, the, her masters kept her on a chain, kept her pinned down. And the devil in her kept her pinned down. And the Bible had already told us way back in Deuteronomy not to link up with that crowd. And they're following them and they're telling the truth. These men are preachers of the most high God. They represent God. But if the devil's crowd tell the truth, that don't mean we link up with them. They might get part of it right, but if we ain't linking up with them, boy, I don't want to stay there. Does everybody say Amen. That's right, hallelujah. And so the Bible says, Paul turned around and tells his spirit, didn't even talk to her, talk to that dirty, rotten spirit in her, that fallen angel, that demon, that devil, and says, get out from her. Well, now the cash cow's gone. They can't make no money now, and so they get mad. It's amazing. People get stirred up when they worried about money. Oh, yes. And so what they did was they get these preachers who hadn't done nothing but mind God in the night's water will not watch our. He gave them a vision to go preach in Macedonia. He's already started a church down by the river, and he's going to build a church called Philippi in the book of Philippians. Whoa! Hey, great God in heaven, ain't it something, y'all, that God started one of the most favorite churches of Paul in his life. He started the church at Philippi with a church-going woman in her household and a bunch of inmates and her guards. Ain't it something where God started churches and we got one here today and we're a mod podge of different kinds of people, different walks of life, but God's linked us up together and we just got enough sense to do everything God says. No wonder Paul liked them. 
Amen. Every one of them needed grace. They get in there and that brother, they beat them. I mean, they beat them, y'all. Throw them down in the prison. Here's what I want to preach tonight for a little while this morning. <laughs> when maximum security prison experienced revival, boy, I'd love to stay there. But here's the thought I'm going to deal with just this morning, just one thought. Silas. You know what Silas is? He's the kind of friend you need when you're thrown in prison. You know what I want all us to be today when we leave? I want all us to be like Silas. You know what, Silas? He was a companion like no companion. He was the best of companions. He was the finest of preaching partners. He was one of them friends that says, y'all leak in with me right here. Y'all just jump in right here. There's a lot of folks say they're gonna stay with you when the sun's out. Anybody can shout when the sun's out. Anybody stays faithful when the sun's out. But thank God for a few that'll stand up and stand with when everything is fighting against you. They won't run. They'll stick it out. Silas. Hey, everybody needs a friend like him. I thought what would be the definition of a best friend? Somebody said, well, the best friend is someone who knows you better than anybody else does and yet still loves you. Boy, that sounds like a best of friends. I, I read this, said a best of friend is somebody who will forgive you for just being like you are. They said about a best friend, said they'll just keep on being there when everything's going wrong. I tell you what I see in Silas, I see the best of companions. I see the brightest of Christians. I see a man, thank God, and today has pastoring this church. They spent a lot, and it doesn't matter which position you hold. Some are friends that'll stand with you and behind you and beside you in front of everybody. And then there's silent people, people that are behind the background, people that are working behind the scenes but don't forget them friend because they just as faithful they don't have the limelight they don't even want the limelight they're just <laughs> Woo! they just love being who they are what I see in Silas is the best of companions you know what I see brother Jeremy a sympathetic partner yes sir he's a preaching partner are y'all with me today have y'all ever been through a hard time? Somebody scoots up next to you and say something like this. I know what you're going through. And yet in your mind, you know they don't have no idea what you're going through. But I can see Paul look over at Silas and said, boy, my right shoulder hurts. Well, that scourge and whip got me. He said, Paul, I know how you feel. Are y'all with me? He didn't run from the whip. He stayed with him. Now you gotta know where we at in the text. Silas did not get the vision. Paul did. Are y'all with me? But but Silas didn't. But you know what he's gonna say? Paul, if you heard from God, good enough for me. I'm sticking with you. I'm staying with you. I'm thank God. Woo! And when the whip was whapping him, 
And when he's down there in that prison cell and he's chained up and Paul said, boy, it sure does hurt. Silas has said, yeah, Paul, I understand what you're going through. That reminds me of Hebrews chapter number two. As the children were made partakers of flesh and blood, he himself also likewise took part of the same that he through death might destroy him that had the power of death and deliver, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Listen to this, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Listen to this, wherefore and all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest and things pertaining to God. You know what? For in that he was tempted, he himself suffered being tempted. He is able to succor. He knows what it's like if anybody does. He knows what it's like. You know what Silas is right here in this text? He's a type of Christ. He's a picture of the Lord. I know what it's like. I've been in flesh. I suffered like you suffered. I know all about loneliness. I know about them talking about you. I know about them forsaking you. I know about them turning around. But just know, I know what you're going through. Are y'all with me? He's a sympathetic partner. Woo! Ain't you glad Jesus is? Are y'all with me today? But he's a silent partner. Worst thing in the world for Paul to have right now, Brother Tony, is a griping, self-centered complainer. Paul, I I followed you. Look where it's got me. Worst thing in the world for Paul to have right now. Yeah. All he did is try to preach mind God. Right. All he tried to do is present Christ to a wicked, ungodly world. Yeah. He didn't he didn't hold no punches. Right. He didn't care if you're a convict. He didn't care if you're a guard. He didn't care if you're a churchgoer. Right. <laughs> he can't open hearts. Remember now, when he's preaching to Lydia, it says God opened her heart. And the same thing it says about that jailer, God opened her heart. And the same thing about the prisoner, why they didn't run, God opened her heart. And the same about you. Thank God, you couldn't have saved yourself. Nobody could have saved you. But God opens your heart. Amen. Now think about this, Brother Jeremy. He's a silent partner. He's not complaining about the stripes. He wasn't complaining when they's having revival down there at the river. And he ain't gonna complain now that he's in the prison. Woo! Boy, thank God. Hey, he's not a self-appointed convictor neither. You know, there's one Holy Ghost and it does his, he does his job convicting don't need you to do it and nobody else do it. Is everybody with me? What do you mean by that? Thank God Silas didn't look over at Paul and say, what kind of sin you got hid? We, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit down and let that soak a minute. Hard time. Maybe it's cause there's some hidden sin. 
He's hidden sin over. Well, let me just ask you something. Paul was a pretty mighty man of God. Would y'all agree with me? Hallelujah. Boy, it reminds me of Job. The worst thing Paul needed to do right now was somebody to try to do the job of the Holy Ghost and be a self-appointed convictor. The worst thing he needed was somebody to be a self-loathing complainer. Quit Mardi Gras, look how bad we got it. Whoa, if we hadn't served God, I'm glad he wasn't complaining. I'm glad he wasn't complaining. I'm glad Paul didn't experience what Job did. Job looked at that crowd and says, you're a bunch of miserable comfort. We don't, Paul didn't need that. You know what Silas said? He said, I tell you what I'll do. I'm just gonna stand right in there with you. Hallelujah. He was a silent partner. Brother Jeremy, he was a second place partner. Now we gotta get this right here. Y'all with me today? Are y'all with me? Every time in the Bible, that Paul and Silas is mentioned in our text. He's always listed after Paul. It ain't Silas and Paul. It's Paul and Silas. Thank God he's a sympathetic partner. Hallelujah. He knows what it's like. He's a silent partner. He's keeping silent on the complaining side. There is no complaint department. There is no, I've got a problem with what's going on around here. No, sir, his back's bleeding just like Paul's is. And he didn't get the vision, but he's remembering Paul did. And he stuck with him in the good times. So he's gonna stick with him in the bad times. It's getting to be about midnight. Good things happen at midnight. It's getting to be about midnight, brothers, Jeremy. <laughs> and this old partner here, he's second place. In fact, look back at Acts 15. Acts 15 and verse 22. The Bible said, Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, that's two mentioned, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas, and Silas. He ain't even second there. He ain't even considered second. And when the contention between Barnabas and Paul gets stirred up, he's content to be the second pick. He's just thankful to be on the journey. In fact, if you look in verse 34, why everybody else is going on soul-winning mission trips, he is content to stay back at the back until it comes his time to serve. Great God in heaven. I'll tell you what Silas says. He's an outstanding companion. He's the best of companions. He's the kind of friend you need, brother and sister, in the night season of your life when things ain't going like you think they are too. Silas is that kind of man. He's a type of Christ and that he's sympathetic. He's a type of a good saint and that he's silent when he needs to be silent. He's a type of a good saint being content, being second. He's always mentioned that. You know what Paul needed? Look where his name is, brother. It's beside Paul's. You know what Paul needed? Somebody stand beside him. You know where, look at his name. You know where his name is? After Paul. You know what Paul needed? Somebody stand behind him. That's what Paul needed. 
I've done told y'all before, I don't want to re-preach on Onesimus, but can I say this? Paul could not have done what he did without the Onesimuses and without the Silas's of his life. He'd have never done it. He admits that if it had not been them who stayed him, he would have fell out. We're talking about this mighty man of God. Oh, listen to me. Every one of us has to have somebody on this earth. We need each other. God help us. You know what he said? Hallelujah. Through all the triumphs, through all the trials, Silas is standing with Paul. He's content to be second. Now, I will have to point this out. There is one other time that his name, the first time Silas's name is mentioned, it's about third. And if you go by names, not individuals, he's the fourth name mentioned. And then he's content to be left behind. And when he's picked, he's content to be that second person, that stand in, that'll stand beside you and will be behind you. He's content to be that second person. But remember, the last shall be first. And the next time his name's mentioned, the last time is Acts 18. And guess what? Silas' name is mentioned first. We don't know that he ever pastored a church, but his name is in front of Timothy. Can I say today, thank God. Just be happy where you're at. And God will let you one day move up the Are y'all with me? Thank God he's the best friend you could have in the night season of your life. The revival wouldn't have took place if they would have been bickering down there in the prison. Am I right? Look what the Bible says. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. It's about to be midnight. This great sympathetic, this great silent, this great second partner, this preaching companion, this great friend who will praise with him and will preach with him and will be persecuted with him. He ain't gonna abandon ship. He ain't quitting when the going gets tough. He's not one of them that says, I'll go with you, Paul, but when I get homesick, I'm going back to the house. Paul done had that. This was a man that'll stick with him. Now, can I say, Silas is also a singing and shouting partner. When it got to midnight, chains was released. Prison doors open. It's not surprising to me that Paul and Silas didn't run. They wasn't guilty. But there were some thugs in there. There were some thieves in there. They were murderers in there. They was men guilty of malice inside that prison. They were guilty of causing mayhem against the Roman ruling power. Oh yes, right here inside of this prison. Justified or not, they're guilty. This is maximum security. This is death row people. And yet the Bible says they heard the singing and they heard the preaching and they heard the praising and so they didn't run. Woo! Thank God! Hallelujah! Revival! Tap meeting broke out. Thank God for a singing partner. Listen, church. Paul needed somebody that in the darkest, one of the darkest parts of his life, Paul's gonna have a lot more than most of us ever have. He'll be beaten. 
thrice. He'll be left for dead. He'll be shipwrecked in the deep. Paul's gonna have some rough stuff. When he's called, he's, Ananias has let in on the fact. I've done chosen him. He's gonna suffer many things for my name's sake. Oh yeah, he's gonna go through it. He is the prime person of persecution, but yet he never did quit. He never did put the Bible down. Great God, if the Lord help me not, I'm gonna preach on that Acts 20 tonight on Paul. Hallelujah. Can I say today, hallelujah, on the authority of this Bible, hey, Paul didn't quit. He didn't quit no matter what was facing him. He didn't quit no matter what was coming his direction. How could he do that? Well, he had the Lord stood with him when a lot of folks forsook him. Thank God God saved him. Oh, when he was on the road, he was the worst of sinners, killing Christians, killing young guys. But God God made him the best of preachers, but he couldn't have done it. Even though he was the best of preachers and God saved and God called, he'd have quit. He'd have thrown the towel in, but he had some silences with him. Church, will you be a silence today? Will you stop complaining? When you get around other women, ladies, do you complain? You ought, you ought to just, I, you ought to slap yourself. No, you ought to quit doing that. You're a quit that. Why are you? When you get around other men, it's all you do is complain. Sometimes you need to share your burden. But can I tell you today, hallelujah, you know what Silas was, was the kind of friend I want to be. Oh, yes. He was a picture of Christ. He's sticking closer than a brother. He's a singing partner. Ain't it something they can sing? They beat and bloody, stretched out legs. Most uncomfortable position. <laughs> it don't say they ever pouted. Don't say they did. I don't know what they sung. But it could have been. <laughs> Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. <laughs> Woo! The only time we have recorded in the scripture that Jesus sang was in the darkest part of his life and that when he's forsaken, when he's betrayed, when he's headed to the Garden of Gethsemane and then on to the cross, then he sung songs. Great God in heaven, I'm glad Job said, God, give us songs in the nighttime. God will give you a song and thank God for a night watchman that'll get a song once in a while. And he broke out singing. Might have been Silas said, tis so. They broke out singing and then began to shout. And, and they couldn't quit shouting. And the Bible said that God honored that. And he sent a special earthquake. The kind that shakes the foundation. Springs open the door. The kind that shakes the foundation. Hallelujah. And off comes the chains. At midnight, freedom came to those that were guilty. Can I say amen? And to them who were saved and wasn't guilty. And if you'll just sing on. And if you'll just praise on. You may be guilty and you may not be guilty. You may be there on false accusation. But sing on. Praise on. Preach on. God will shake the place where you're at and give freedom to a multitude through your trial. If God would have had them bypass the prison, the church at Philippi wouldn't have had some good men in it. If God would have had them bypass, you might be going through something to bring somebody else to Jesus. 
Listen to me. He was the kind of friend everybody needs. But Brother Jeremy, not just that. Lastly, he was a sharing and a shining partner. The only message we have recorded that Silas ever preached was right here in this text, verse 31. And they said, wait a minute, I think the Holy Ghost wants me to preach. Well, go ahead, Silas, we'll just preach. You preach whatever God loves, no, I preach whatever God loves. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Whoa, God gave us the same message. Hallelujah, glory to God. They agreed in unison. Whoa, hallelujah. Boy, I like it when that happens. The Bible said, why did he? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They could have said, let us out of here. They wouldn't even go when they had a chance. They could have said, you know what? It's as if they said, we ain't leaving in here. We haven't camp meeting in here. Souls getting saved. We didn't ask to get in here, and we ain't asking to get out. <laughs> we having a time. Reminds me of Ralph Session Sr., amen. Hey, think about this. His companion in the prison was what probably helped him keep on singing and praising. The circumstances. What did he say? What was it that went on? That guy took out his sword, Brother Jeremy and fixing to kill himself. Now, y'all got to understand, it's dark. Remember, he's calling for a light. And he takes out his sword. Didn't announce it. He's, he sees the doors open, figures everybody's gone. Why'd he figure it? Because he couldn't see. It's dark. He ain't getting the light. But there's a crowd that's got, got a little bubble light down there. Like ghosts in Egypt. Y'all shout after a while now. Hey, they having a time. And he ain't got no light. He's dead. He's in the dark. And he's doomed and he's fixing to be down forever. And he pulls out the sword. And Paul said, do thyself no harm. You know what he found out right there? God is omniscient. How did they know I was gonna kill myself? How did they know? I can't even see my hand. How does he know what sin I'm guilty of? How, how does he know I'm suicidal? How did, are y'all with me? I'm telling y'all, God started a church at Philippi from a goo dirter woman and a bunch of inmates that were convicted prisoners and a suicidal jailer. God started, great God, I'm telling you, hallelujah. How do they know? Amen. Do thyself no harm. And then he said, for we are all here. He realized God's not only omniscient, knows everything. Hey, God's all powerful. He can open the doors and still hold them prisoners in. He's holding everything together. Are y'all with me? <laughs> oh, yes. And then he realized the love of God. These men represent a God that knows everything. These men represent a God that holds everything together. These men love me more than I love myself. Oh, man, that's right. He's going to kill himself. And Paul said, do thyself no harm. How many people you know is killing herself with dope and drugs? And half the people that claim to be Christians, sometimes, God forbid, I hope not. Maybe so. I just write them off, say, well, 
They made their bed lay in it. <laughs> yeah. This is the guy that beat them. These are men that I beat. How can they love me enough to... T- How is that possible? I cussed them. I throwed them in here. I chained them out. Special stretching. Why? Why in the world? <laughs> and then he called for a light. Came in trembling. Uh, what must I do to be saved? You name it to give me a list. And they said, You ain't got to do nothing. He's done done it all. It's finished at Calvary. <laughs> hey, he saw in Paul and he saw in Silas a type of Christ. He saw somebody that'll love with the unlovable, that'll be faithful to the unfaithful. Had praised God and he got saved. Then his whole house got saved. And then he's over feeding them. I don't know what the conversation was. On the way back. I see. I mean, the eunuch got saved. He's a black man. Paul got saved. He's a Jew. Black Gentile, a Jew. Cornelius got saved. He's a white Gentile. I mean, boy, God's showing out. 3,000 got saved we, from all different nations. And then a couple more things. I mean, this church is growing. Got about 7,000 in it. Hallelujah. Folks is getting saved. They go on a mission trip. Church has grown pretty big. They get out there on a mission trip. Notice what the Bible says. Lydia got saved. And the jailer got saved. The magistrate got saved. The jailer got saved. And his household got saved. I can't imagine what they look like. Probably beat up and bloody. He could have gave them new clothes. Didn't make no difference. We don't have that part. Of writing books, there is no end. World can contain everything. It ain't all written there. Some of it we got to try to figure out. It's my opinion. You got one too. We don't know. The scripture don't tell us. But I just happen to believe this. <laughs> oh yeah, that match. That old man, was jailer. He probably said, tell me all you know. He said, well, the first thing we need to go is go tell your wife and your children. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go over here. Yeah. Mama, bring some salve. For what? The prisoners I beat. They preachers. They shared the gospel. I got born again. Now they all wanted to hear. If God saved our hardened jailer daddy that deals with thugs and thieves on a daily basis, then we need to hear this good news. And they sat down, had camp meeting at the house, broke out the food fellowship. That's why I believe it's right to eat after church. Amen. And had a good time in the Lord. Then went back for baptism service. Woo! They just had a time washing and loving, hugging. I'm telling you, praise God. And the Lamb forevermore, God will change your life when you get saved I'm telling you I don't know what the conversation was on the way back to prison but I'm sure that man said won't y'all just go I'll take a heat I'm ready to die now Paul said no we didn't ask you in here we got some new converts we got to go check on the disciple a little bit we're going to go back in here throw them back in there when the masters found out about it and wanted to let him go, Silas just sent a word. By the way, 
expected that Silas was a Roman citizen just like Paul because he says, you throw us in here and we're Roman citizens. And though he's a Jew, he's a citizen of Rome. <laughs> Special privileges. Not supposed to throw nobody in there. You can throw anybody else in prison you want, condemned or not, but not no Roman. They've got special privileges <laughs> when they come to let him out because you're a Roman, we're gonna let you out. Oh no, it ain't the Roman citizenship that's getting me out of here. <laughs> it ain't the Roman citizenship that's getting me out of here. <laughs> it's heavenly. <laughs> Woo! And when they got out, they went back, check on Lydia and them household converse and, and helped them a little bit and then went on down the road. I say glory be to God for a Silas that was steadfast, that was unmovable, that wasn't fearful, but was faithful, that was silent, that sung, that shouted. I say glory to God and preached the same sermon Paul did. That says a lot right there. See, Let's all stand, his bow line closed. What kind of companion are you? It says a lot, Silas. Silas had the same message as Paul did. Silas stood faithful when others would have been fearful. <laughs> 